Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now y'all know we are 100 miles and running all gas, no breaks on this podcast, the marathon for the entire month of January. And you know that I cannot do any podcast episode without thanking you all for listening. So out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to leave me your ears once a week for about an hour or so. And I hella appreciate that. First things first, shout out to Barry from Podcast in Color. If you've heard a difference in audio over the past... Um, maybe two months or so. Um, Barry actually hooked me up with a Rode desktop um, USB microphone. I really appreciate Barry. Shout out to Barry. If you do not follow podcast in color, who was basically an unofficial sponsor of this podcast because they did give me the mic and the headphones. Okay. It was a very nice gift, uh, but definitely tap in with them, especially if you are a podcaster of color. Um, you can definitely do so at podcastincolor.com. She has the largest directory of podcasts um, for, for podcasters and colors everywhere. Um, and this is not something she told me to do. It's just something I know to gratitude because, uh, Barry definitely deserves those flowers. Okay. So with that being said, I'm super excited to bring my tribe. I told y'all I was going to bring my folks on this podcast and I'm super excited because this is my boo here. I've known this person for 15 years and it's been such a fortifying, just fulfilling, awesome friendship like he's family at this point. Our families even know each other. My mama know his family. So it's just like, you know, it's just, it's cool. It's, it's, it's meant to be, it's aligned. But who I'm talking about is Tetris Kelly, host extraordinaire. Um, and I'm really excited to bring him on here because we're talking about how to show up as authentically as possible on and off camera, on and offline, no matter where you decide to show up at. So given that, number one, he's my dog. He's the homie, he's the fam. Number two, he's also credible. Y'all know I love me a little mix of passion and competency now. He has both. So I really thought that this would be great. And then number three, for those that are on Clubhouse, Tetris and I will be doing a weekly room every week starting on Thursdays about how to show up authentically. And I mean, he's an expert. So I mean, I mean, ask an expert, you know what I mean? So I am proud to present to y'all for the very first time, my fam entertainment host, Tetris Kelly. How you doing, boo? I'm good. I'm good. Hi, Maria. <laughs> I'm sitting over here shook from your intro. That was that was a lot and very humbling. So I really appreciate those incredibly kind words. You know I love you now. No, no, it's nothing but real love. It's just like genuinely, genuine, authentic love. And I was over here just smiling so big, like, oh, that's my friend. And she being so nice. So thank you for that. No, much appreciated. And also shout out to you real quick for doing these podcasts every day this month. I think that's incredible and crazy all in itself. So shout out to you for your hard work. Thank you, man. I've been, I've been every email every day. I tell tracking them is like episode blank is on the way. He's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm like, all right, best. So it's been one heck of a journey. I really enjoy it though. It's been so much fun. No, I mean, podcasting is like, you know, such a way to just reach people, you know, directly. You're talking to your audience. You get to to speak authentically, which is what we'll be talking about today. So it's just kind of like the perfect world for people in this new generation to just like have their ver voices heard, you know? Yeah, most definitely, especially with things like a social media. So I know the story with you hosting. I've seen it from the very beginning, literally from day one. Well, at least what I think is day one. I mean, 15 years ago, you've probably been hosting longer than that. But for those that don't know the awesomest of who you are, please let us know who is entertainment host Tetris Kelly. Oh man, what a question. Um, I feel like I've been doing this, for, I guess you would say 
professionally, which is the word people use, I, I guess, for around eight to 10 years. But when I think about hosting in general in the, in the entertainment landscape, I mean, I've been wanting to do it my whole life. So there's always examples from when I was in like middle school doing like the morning news on the freaking, you know, homeroom and they had us in all the TVs. And really all I was supposed to do was talk about like what's for lunch and if there was any meetings. But I was like, yo, a Britney Spears album came out today, you know, and I would be like sitting there doing entertainment promo on the morning news and going home and watching TRL. And that's kind of where my love for it came from. Went to school, Georgia Southern, me and you both went there. Eagles, let's fly. Um, got a got a broadcasting degree there. Uh, did radio while in college. Um, the Buzz that was our channel, and then moved out to LA. Did all the random jobs. I worked uh, for the Kiss FM, which is one of the biggest uh, radio stations in the country. Uh, Ninety two point three, the R and B station. I worked there with one of my mentors, Josefa. Um, Stayed there for a while, bounced over to Warner Brothers, was a tour guide, worked for Ellen DeGeneres' show, worked for George Lopez's show in the audience department for both of those amazing hosts, and then was on a game show where I won $10,000 to put towards my hosting career. It's a, a game show called, uh, why can, oh my God, um, Bank of Hollywood. And it was produced by Ryan Seacrest, and it was all about like asking this bank of people for money for whatever reason you need it, you just had to prove why you needed it. So I had to interview one of the Pussycat Dolls and ask them for 10K. And I won the 10K on that show, started taking hosting classes with that money, got my headshots, got my reel done. And, you know, slowly started booking red carpet gigs here and there and um, worked for a TV show called The Q for a few years. And now I host for Billboard News, um, the music charts. And I think that was my elevator pitch, way long elevator ride, but that was my career in a nutshell. You know, what's so dope is that while you was telling me about your career, I was following it along with you. So I'm thinking about the stuff you hosted at Georgia Southern. Then I remember oh, yeah. making history being the first black homecoming king. Okay. <laughs> making history. True story, man. That was crazy. I mean, thinking back on those times, it seems so, you know, I don't know the word, but like personal and small and you're just kind of you and your friends at your school and you're running for homecoming king or Mr. Georgia Southern. But when I when you when you mention it, all that stuff prepared me for what I do today, you know, being in front of those crowds and 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 speaking. And it, it was all like honing my skills um, to now. Yep. And I remember when you moved to L.A., and you was working at KISS and then working with Josefa. Then I remember screaming at the TV when Bank of Hollywood was on ETV. And I think it's so ironic because I did not know Ryan Seacrest produced that show because you just interviewed him for Billboard, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, no, he he's he's great, man. I, I obviously look up to him. Um, he's an incredible host. And, you know, there's been a couple times over my career that I've, you know, uh, cross tracks with him. Um, I remember one time at a Wingo Tango red carpet, we kind of spoke for a second or two. And then um, um, on New Year's, I got to follow him and shadow him in New York for the ball drop, bringing in 2019 and run around him in the rain and do like a behind the scenes thing for Billboard. But most recently, this interview that I did with him on Zoom did really feel somewhat different because like I said, it's been 
so long I've known him and looked up for him. And I think this was in this particular interview, I felt like he, he, he recognized me. He knew me. He spoke to me as a peer. And that sounds so simple, but at the same time was very uh, moving for me to feel like, okay, this man's talking to me like, yeah, this is my, another host friend I know Tetris. And, you know, we just kind of chatted it up and that was really cool. Yep. And I remember flying to LA. I always tell people on my podcast, I've been visiting LA for a very long time. They don't know that I used to stay over there by you when I would go visit all of these times. And I would literally go straight from LAX to the QU headquarters where you would be filming or hosting for the day. And I would sit there with my bags (laughs) and just wait for you to finish. Like it was dope. It was so much fun to see it. And then when you, um, I've, I've come to Billboard a couple times straight from the airport. So it's been like really, really cool to just see all of this just manifest. I love it. I love it so much. No, very true. And I think most people that live out here in LA and are following their dreams can attest to that feeling that I love that. When I have a friend visiting from out of town, sometimes that's the best feeling because we feel like we're out here doing all this crazy stuff in this crazy city, but nobody, you know, really to share it with sometimes. Um, that really gets you and really knows how important it is. So whenever, you know, I have someone come visit and they can come on set and like kick it, ah, that's like the best. Yeah, we got memories on memories, okay? But I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of showing up, I'm pretty sure people from social media or to actual hosting, they struggle with how to show up. What, What has influenced or inspired you or helped you just show up as authentically as possible without the nerves and without putting your foot in your mouth? Well, the thing is, you know, I wish I could say that I was at the point in my career where the nerves didn't exist or my foot never goes in my mouth, but my foot is in my mouth often. And I would say that I get nervous almost every time I host. Uh, Maybe not my day-to-day news stories, I'm not nervous, but Whenever it's something live or a red carpet, I still get those jitters, and especially with interviews, um, I still get those jitters. Um, so I, I don't, I, won't, I would never say, at least I'm not at the point where, oh, that's all gone away, even with all these years. But for me, I think it's harnessing that energy and taking it and turning it into an excitement. It's like that nervousness that, that, that comes over my body, I use as a tool to keep my energy up, to keep me hype. And sometimes I look at my interviews or, or footage and I'm like, Tetris, you are so hype. And I know that it's like hype because of me just being a high energy person, but also that's like my adrenaline. That's like pumping as I'm like uh, hosting. So I feel like that is the best way I harness. And of course, you know, on Thursday, I can get into more details of like even things that I've learned over the years or little isms that kind of help me stay grounded during those interviews and moments as best as I can. But I would say that harnessing that, uh, that energy is the, the best thing I can say right now. Okay, y'all. So what we just heard here was a lesson in transmutation. So, you know, for those that don't know, transmuting is basically changing the shape or the form of something into something different. Um, usually I use transmutation in a positive way to say something that could be detrimental or something that could be a threat or what have you or something that would probably get you down. We transform that energy into something that can actually uh, fuel us. Like I always say, I turn BS into glitter, right? So in this case, Tetris is just saying that he's transmuting those nerves into adrenaline to fuel him to do the best at what he wants to do um, or what he needs to do with 
the guest or with his presentation or or with whatever he's doing when it comes to interviewing um, these A-list, these red, these red carpet events, because red carpet is a big deal. Like you literally have what a few minutes and then that's it's on to the next. Oh man. I mean, when I tell you I could go on and on for days about red carpets and, and just what a circus they are, um, I'm sure that'll all change post-COVID. But you know, um, and and honestly, a lot of people might not know this in the hosting world. A lot of times red carpet work is looked at as like a stepping stone or or a lower step than what you would call an in-studio host. Like to be in studio in front of the prompter anchored down is the good job, whereas to be out doing the interviews and on all the carpets and events is looked at as more of the beginner's job. Now, I say that to say I still to this day prefer red carpet um, just because, again, the adrenaline, I'm an adrenaline junkie. And the fact that I love that excitement and that rush that you don't necessarily get when you're in the studio. But they, they, the reason that it's like that is because it's literally hard work. It's like you have publicists and, and celebrities lined up for days. They're coming down. You're talking to one. Meanwhile, you got in your peripheral vision that the next person, you want to talk to them, but you don't want to talk to the person you're talking to now too long because you might miss that person if they skip you and go past you. Not to mention the publicist that's trying to push an artist that you don't want to talk to that is literally trying to force you to talk to their client while you're like, no, no, Justin Bieber is next. I got to get him. And it's like all this like energy, not to mention during the interview, if you're going too long, when you've got a publicist yanking on your pants or rolling her eyes because you asked a question that you might have shouldn't have asked. So there's all these like different energies that all happens within 45 minutes. When I tell you carpets, last like less an hour or less and then it's over and you're just standing there like I don't know what footage I have but that was like a journey you know and that's the excitement of it every time you know it's funny because we be watching these again you know you know the crew you know the crew that supports we always be watching these red carpets and we be screaming like yes that's what you better do that so I want to make sure that I address people that have aspirations of getting into entertainment one and then people that are just working on wanting to just show up better on social media. But before we wrap up this entertainment piece, I wanted to ask uh, two questions. One question being, who all have you interviewed and out of those people, which was the most exciting for you? Oh man, that is a, a great question. Um, I've interviewed so many people so many cool i haven't done my top two yet so i always feel like my list isn't good because wait, who? i haven't Brittany and who Brittany and mariah <laughs> uh, wait you didn't... Um, oh wait mariah sent cookies to the house you ain't matter you ain't interviewer yet though right no no i have never interviewed mariah carey that will be a glorious day um but yeah though i haven't talked to those two people so I always i'm like yeah yeah cool whatever but um you know outside of that i've talked to you know a lot of Big celebrities, especially when you're talking about of the moment and of culture, you know, working for Billboard over the last few years, you know, I get to talk to everybody from Katy Perry and Dua Lipa and Billie Eilish and just like all these, this crop of people that I've kind of grown to know and interview. But I always tell people the most random one that took me off my feet in the way of, again, that nervous energy where I was like so nervous. I remember I was about to interview her and my hand was shaking. And I, I was like, why is my hand shaking? And everybody always laughs when I say this, but Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul was like the most, I don't know, like influential or like just crazy interview I've had. And I don't know if that energy was from 
you know, growing up and watching her on American Idol and not realizing how much that like affected me or something. But like, I was losing it to talk to, to Paula and I could like barely talk and my hand was shaking. And then fast forward to a couple years later, I got to interview her a second time at the American Music Awards and her mother had passed and she brought up, you know, sending things to her mother and how that used to make her excited, which made me think about my mother and talk to her about that. And we kind of shared this like really intimate moment on the carpet. And, you know, I'm always greatly appreciative of real moments like that with people that, you know, you kind of barely know. And we were able to have that connection. And so to this day, I'll always forever say Paula Abdul is my favorite interview. You know what? At first I was surprised when you said that, but then I thought about it. Like we grew up as little kids with Paula Abdul, like running things though. Like she low key was running the dance, that whole dance era, that whole pop, like choreo and like low key. Paula, Paula's a, a icon that don't really get her flowers as much. Exactly. And I think that's a big part of what it is, is that, you know, she may not get her flowers, but when we were young, she was an icon, a name, a legend, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's, it's cool. And I always say this, the same thing. Also, I get excited whenever I interview people that are like old school that I feel like my mom would appreciate that also gets me extremely excited. So like earth, wind and fire I've interviewed and like Smokey Robinson, like that is always super exciting because I know like somewhere my mom is freaking out. You know what? I love it. So Smokey Robinson and Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> I met them once about 10 years ago. And this is when I used to wear my hair straight all the time. And Vardine White, you know, that's the one with the long hair. He walked uh-huh. past me and I, I'm not going to front. I had to lift check myself real quick because I was like, no, he didn't just walk past me with this long flowing hair. I had to low key swing my hair a couple of times to reset myself. Like, hold up, like get your stuff together. <laughs> wow. I mean, their presence is just like, Un, unmatchable and I've seen them live weirdly enough like way more times than I probably planned on in my life like probably four times I've literally watched Earth, Wind & Fire perform and every single time it's amazing they're like so talented their their energy's off the roofs like it's just crazy love those guys I love them too also Smokey Robinson he's he's always been elder to me he's been fine since like my mama was born. And I know that sounds so weird, but I love me so Smokey Robinson. I don't care what nobody say. No, he's definitely still got the swag, man. He, he's still got the swag. I remember, like, uh, where was I? At the Clive Davis Grammy party. And, um, like, he and Quincy were all, like, kind of on the carpet at the same time. And I forgot who the artist was. I probably shouldn't even be saying this. But, like, it was a younger female artist or something that walked by. And you could just see all of them kind of like check her out and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, did you see that over there? And they were kind of having this moment. And I was just like, wow, the elder is going to be the same. You know what I mean? It's like they still out here. They still got the swag. They still want to be out here in these streets, you know, looking at the beautiful women of of the entertainment industry. It was a hilarious moment, to say the least. I, I can only imagine. I only can. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about people that are wanting to show up on social media authentically because obviously because of COVID, we can't really do in person anything anymore. So for those that are wanting to like start a YouTube channel or just show up better online, like I remember being in a room, a clubhouse room with my girl, Delora Young, in our Mind Sex Mastery Mondays room on Clubhouse. And there was a beautiful 
a spirit that said, and I'm not gonna say her name because I don't know if she wants me to tell this, but she was like, I have trouble translating who I am to camera or to voice. So for those that are struggling with translating who they are, what advice would you give them? Um, that's a very, very, you know, hard thing to do. It's not something that comes naturally. Uh, automatically, when people have a mic turned on or a camera turned on, they feel the need to turn on those, those you know, uh, those objects just turned on, so I should turn on. And uh, everybody has an aspect of that, even myself, but it's about how to hold on to who you are. And what has always worked for me is to make sure that I am myself in the way of you, you got to accept me no matter what. And I say that to say, like, I've even gotten advice to like, maybe tone this down or tone that down or do more of this, do less of that. And still to this day, in general, I still go with my gut before I go with advice of any producers or directors, because I feel like I want to come off authentic. And what has worked for me in interviews is that authenticity. There's so many times that I'm talking to an artist and I can see the wall break between us because they realize that I'm not just questioning them for my job or like reading something I researched, that I'm actually authentically connecting with them because I've listened to their music because I'm a fan of their work. And, you know, some people will call it fanboying or whatever. And so that approach works really well with me of being that genuine, authentic person and making sure I'm always carrying that through. And then also just imagining that I'm having a conversation. And that, that sounds like the most simple advice, but I'll repeat it again on Thursday, is that that conversation is the most important way you can feel authentic. Turn that camera on and you can be in the room by yourself doing a YouTube video. You can just be talking to IG stories, just, you know, posting something 10 seconds long. But when you're doing that, make sure you're looking at that camera talking as if you're having a conversation with your homegirl, your best friend, your boyfriend, your mom, whoever the person that is that you feel at ease to speak with is how you should be speaking. Because once you start to put on, that's when you lose your authenticity. That's some good, that's some good advice there. Authenticity is definitely the name of the game. I think especially as we go on into Gregorian 2021, we are seeing a lot of instances where things that's fake and contrived, they're not making it anymore. They're being exposed and they're being rejected. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. No, I mean, you got to look at it from all aspects. You even think about somebody who I think is an amazing personality, one of the most amazing personalities in the last century, probably, Cardi B. And, you know, you can have, you can love or hate her or whatever opinion you have about her, but the thing is, Cardi B is going to be Cardi B. And she got famous for being Cardi B, which is only something that can happen in this new generation of accessibility and social media and everything. And again, you can have whatever many debates you want about her rap skills or talent or MCN or music and all that. But what you can't deny is that the woman is amazing on camera by just being who she is. And that is the way that I think you, you have to appear now, because like you said, people are like reading through bullshit, um, excuse my language, and just like, that's not working anymore. This platform don't be tripping on no cuss words. You you know me. You know me. <laughs> I'm just used to you know I'm used to being like oh sorry can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. What about 
Okay, you know, I think that's a good question for Thursday. We'll save that for our clubhouse room on Thursdays. For those who don't know, Tetris and I are going to be doing a weekly clubhouse room talking about showing up authentically. Um, I, like I said, I love me a nice mix of passionate competency. So Tetris is perfect. Again, he has the credentials we already... I mean, he's been... Ho- I told y'all, I didn't see it myself. I ain't gonna bring nobody on here if I ain't seen it myself. I did it with Delora on Monday. I'm doing it with Tetris on Thursday. I'm gonna do it with Amina and Crystals on Saturday. So these are people that I really fool with that I really want you guys to... Um, tap in with because they have such a great wealth of knowledge and they're really dope and they're open to sharing it with us so if you are on clubhouse definitely click my link in the show notes it's going to take you directly to the room so you can hit that notification bell so you'll know when we're going to be doing that room we'll be doing it every thursday i'm super excited to have tetris on about it but i have one more question i'm gonna let you go because i know you'll be busy that's all good boo let me let me know what's going on Okay, so what about the rebrands? So there are some people who have came off one way, they they show up one way, and then for whatever reason, time, experience, what have you, they decide that they don't want to do that old persona anymore because it's not true to them anymore. What advice would you give to someone who wants to rebrand or say, hey, that's not me anymore, guys. This is what I'm doing now. That, to me, seems so complicated but it's one of the most simple things that you could ever do. Rebranding is something that every, from artists to personalities to models to, I mean, everything you could possibly think of, people rebrand. And it's okay. We all grow as people. And I think people get so scared of losing a, a, a fan base or a group of followers um, based on them changing themselves, which is definitely realistic. You know, you will, there will be some people that don't, like the new version of what you're offering or prefer the older version, but there's always going to be another group that prefers what you're giving now. There's billions of people in the world. So just move that market and don't be afraid to change your market or grow your market. And I think it's just being able to commit to the rebrand. It's just committing to it because again, it's, you can delete your whole Instagram profile. Every tweet you ever tweeted, throw up some new promo photos, in a new ha- handle and, and keep it pushing you know it's just like it's so easy to do and then you you're you're promoting or you're promoting your content and it's reaching different crowds that might not even known your own material at this point so it's just like again it's it's a cycle i mean you know i i always can use pop stars as every reference so i apologize for all my pop star references but you even look at a madonna for instance and how she to me is one of the originators of just a, a constant rebrand of changing herself and reinventing herself with every album, with every era and being able to give you something completely different and, sh- and be shocking. And people still kept rolling and you find different crowds and there's people that are like, Oh, I only like Madonna from this era to this era. I only listen to this album or, Oh, I don't listen past that album, you know, depending on who liked what she was offering. And I think that goes the same with any rebrand. And the reason why I ask this question is because people think rebrands are strictly for images and professional standpoints or entertainment, but people rebrand and grow and evolve personally all the time. So that is another reason why I wanted to ask you that because that same advice can translate in our personal lives. Sometimes we outgrow people or we outgrow notions, ideas, beliefs, what have you. And then we want to switch, but and switch. When I mean switch, I mean switch for the better. We want to elevate and, and go to a different level. But yet, you know, people only know us for being what we used to be. So that advice that Tetris just gave, um, it really, it applies all across the board. No, yeah. If you wanted to use it personally, exactly what you just said. It's like, okay, you hit that reset button, you're changing. Maybe you got friends that don't 
that only are stuck on what you used to do or how you used to be, then it's time for maybe you to sunset on those friends, you know? If, if they're not growing with you and where you go, that could be said for party friends. You know, sometimes people go through a party phase and they got their party friends and then all of a sudden the party dried up or you're not partying and then they don't barely text or whatever. You know, you can use that example for multiple different situations in which you change or grow as a person and maybe the group of people that are around you don't grow and change with you and you just have to move on to, you know, what is providing sustenance to your life. Ooh, that sounds like a beautiful note to end on right there. You got to fool with those who add sustenance to your life. Now, Tetris, how can everybody get in touch with you? Um, I'm on everything at It's Tetris Bish. So I-T-S Tetris B-I-S-H. That's me on Twitter. That's me on Instagram. I think that's me on Clubhouse. I'm get, I'm new to the Clubhouse world. Maria's popping my cherry. So um, I'm It's Tetris Bish on pretty much everything. You know what? I had to actually Google that. I was like, wait, let me, let me, let me look at Tetris name. Yeah, you you are. It's it's Tetris bitch on Clubhouse too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just making sure. Yeah, I had to make sure too. Okay. But all right. So is there anything else that you would like to add about yourself, your experience, any advice, or anything about our clubhouse room on Thursday? No, I mean, I'm super chill. So if you have questions, if you I always feel like, you know, a lot of us in this industry have imposter syndrome where we're like, oh man, you know, am I am I at the place where I should be, you know, doing this or giving advice and then, but you know what? The thing is, we're all here to help each other and I'm just here to help her and learn myself and give whatever advice I can give. So if you have an open ear and you just want to learn, come hang out with me and Maria and we'll kick it and have some hopefully meaningful discussions. Yes, yes. So it has been an honor to interview you. I'm so glad I finally got you on the podcast. You know, I love you so much. I love everything about you. I love what you do. I love everything. So I'm just super happy to like have you here. Of course, I can't wait. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yes, yes. So thank y'all for listening to this episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. You know how to find Tetris on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I said already, right? Yep. And Clubhouse. For me, you can find me at Instagram, Spiritual Homegirl. My backup is the Spiritual Homegirl. I also have Instagram.com forward slash make peace with the day. I'm Spiritual Homegirl on YouTube and Facebook. Um, Clubhouse, I am Spirit Homegirl because apparently my full name was too long. But to sign up for Tribe Letter that goes out every Monday, you can go to spiritualhomegirl.shop or you can click my link in my show notes. Also, if you want some aromatherapy solutions to help de-stress in case you're getting ready to rebrand or getting ready to present on or offline, you can definitely do so at spiritualhomegirl.shop. Or if you want to support a Black woman creator, you can sign up for my Patreon. Tiers only start at $7 or 23 cents a day. We're still doing the Capricorn. Well, no, no, no. We're in Aquarius now by this point. So yeah, we're going to start the Aquarius Sun Sign Challenge every month. For those who don't know, we use the Sun Sign Energy every season to make incremental developments to better our life. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, y'all. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria. And remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, and be yourself. Peace.